0: The Full Exposure podcast is made possible by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn in appreciation for the contributions that artists and creative minds provide to our community. Arts and culture are essential to a rich and rewarding life, strengthening our overall well being and our appreciation of all that we see, hear, and experience. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of Full Exposure with me, your host, Brian Kelly. This is the podcast where I first take a portrait of my guest, and then we sit down and have a conversation about whatever we want. And before I introduce my next guest, Erica Lang, I want to share with you a little bit about the portraits that I created of her. Erica's life and business is inspired by nature. And in thinking about that in terms of creating a portrait of her, I wanted to use some green and orange colors and, uh, use some gel lighting during her portrait session. And this was intentional. This was to reflect the green of the pine forest that Erica likes to go hiking in, as well as that sort of orangish Brown of the dried pine needles that you see on the forest floor. So, uh, those sort of, the, the the colorful aspect of the green and the orange in her portrait was intentional. And uh, I don't know if it's clever, but you know, I start to think about the guests well before they come in and I'm, you know, it's a real challenge to try to, uh, to really think about a person that you don't know very well and then create a unique portrait. So that's a, just another reason why I love this podcast so much. It incorporates and, and challenges me as a photographer. And uh, and then once that portrait session is done, we get to dig into stuff with that guest. And uh, I, I appreciate you joining us and for listening. I really, really do um as always, I'm, I'm super excited about our growth and it's just a pleasure to have you listening right now to the podcast. So to see those portraits of Erica, it's, it's just another good reason to go to the fullexposurepodcast.com website and uh, check out Erica's dedicated episode page. You can also peruse all of our past guests and see their portraits and video excerpts and and stream the full audio of our conversation. So as always... I love our website and I hope you visit it. It's a great tool uh, to uh, really get the full, full exposure experience. That's cheesy, but I said it and I'm going to keep it in. So whether you're a professional artist, an aspiring artist, or an entrepreneur, today's episode is 100% meant for you. My guest is artist, Erica Lang. She is the founder and creative director of WUSA Outfitters, which is an art, and an apparel brand inspired by nature. Her Woosa Outfitter storefront on Wealthy Street in Grand Rapids, Michigan, has quickly grown into a very sought after destination to look at her art, purchase her apparel, as well as enjoy a great cup of coffee. Because that's right, Erica also owns Outside Coffee Co. adjacent to Woosa, and it is by far the coolest outdoor four season coffee shop in the country. And that's just facts, people. I ain't bragging, that's just facts. In this conversation, we explore Erica's incredible determination and impatience that drove her to found WUSA when she was still a student at Kendall College of Art and Design. Erica is a friend that inspires me personally to keep moving forward and keep creating. And I know you'll find her to be an inspiration as well. So let's get after it. Let's explore the bigger picture with artist, entrepreneur, mac and cheese connoisseur, Erica Lane. Oh, I probably do. Dude, this is why I hate. I love and hate video stuff because there's so many things can go wrong yeah. on any time, any moment.
1: Yes, I can to that. And it drives
0: you crazy. Did you see how With insane I was during that whole time? Where I was like, why do you sound so far away? Yeah. And it's because I had the mic, you were talking to the back of the microphone. What so we, this we is the, the cord, kind of.
1: We tried all the knobs. This
0: is the kind of professionalism you just walked into at Brian Kelly Productions.
1: I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, <laughs> let me tell you. We avoided dodged a bullet.
1: See how much better that sounds. It is crispy. It is it's nice. It's still freaking me out,
0: though. You can take like, the I'm, headphones like, off. In my he-
1: no, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do all it. All right.
0: Well, anyway, you were telling me, <clears> you and <throat> Kelly are getting married in September, getting right? Getting
1: hitched, yeah. Getting
0: yeah. hitched up. Doing it. And you're going to do it in Soving uh, You got engaged, though, I remember, just as all through social. It's not like we talk all the time, although yeah. it sounds like we do. It sounds like I mean, we do. And we're pretty do. much best friends, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, we we did establish sure. that over what type of mac and cheese and how we prepare it
1: yes extra soupy
0: extra soupy extra cheesy
1: mm-hmm. eat with a spoon
0: you go off menu meaning you take the craft original and then you just jazz mm-hmm. it from there it's a, like it's not
1: original uh, gotta go with the shapes
0: well the sauce is the same right yes original sauce
1: same sauce same sauce
0: you just somehow the like does make
1: a better big difference the it's shape does. number one, spiral number two, original number three. The macaroni's last for you, the elbow macaroni. 100% last. Why? We were doing so well. What
0: about well. the ovals with the, the you know, and the, has shells? Like the little wheels?
1: Oh, those are, I would consider those shapes.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Number that's one. one. But, but I mean,
1: No, like Spongebob, you know. Yeah. Just the way that the cheese gets in each noodle, just, the just, ratio, just, it's spot on. There's more
0: surface area probably, yes. too. Yes, yes. It's like a radiator.
1: Something about it in my mouth. It's good. It's good.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, so there's that. And I know that you got engaged, but you were did it in the UP or something, right?
1: Yeah, up in the Porkies. Oh, nice. So been? nice up there.
0: Um, I've driven through. I've never spent a ton of time in the UP, but the... Uh, The Q and I want to spend more time up there.
1: Yeah, there's a million
0: things on my list.
1: Yeah, Copper Harbor is real cool too. Yeah, Marquette—that's a shoe in.
0: Shoe. Well, I have I have spent a little time in Marquette. Yeah, and it is beautiful, and it is like the it is a pretty surprising little town up there. Yeah, it's a little bigger than you think, and it isn't as like backwards as you think it might be, as being like the only thing in the UP kind of.
1: Yeah, it's nice and crunchy though. But it
0: still has plenty of UP isms. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're getting married in September at Savengard.
1: Yep. Should we invite the people?
0: Do you want <laughs> what people? <laughs> you're are like, you're getting married at
1: Savengard on uh, the 19th at this time. <laughs> yes. Here's the dress.
0: Um, <laughs> 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 I'm like your wedding planner. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just go through the this. The menu, menu
1: will look like this. Yeah.
0: What are you thinking? <laughs> menu wise.
1: Uh, actually, we're having a brunch wedding. Brunch. So did my wife and I. No
0: way. Dude, brunch letting. So we had a jazz brunch at Charlie's Crab. Again, Ooh, a this is jazz
1: a, brunch. Yeah, That's it, it was,
0: fun. Yeah. So we had jazz.
1: Live jazz. Live jazz. Yep.
0: It's. We got married at like, it was early. It was like 10 a.m. And then I think it was like 1130 to 2. Okay. At Charlie's Crab. Now, again, this is 20 some years ago. Like downtown yeah. wasn't what it I've was. I've never
1: been there. Charlie's Crab.
0: It's still good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's other things now, but um, and it was great because it was a Saturday, and everybody loved it. Our guests loved it because they're like, "It's three o'clock. I've had mimosas. Yeah. I've got a nice buzz going, and I'm, I'm going to go. Up. I'm going to go home now.
1: I've cried. I've laughed. And you haven't I've taken up my
0: whole Saturday. Except
1: we are going to take up everyone's whole Saturday.
0: Yeah. yeah. With the brun- What's happening after the brunch?
1: We're doing like a 2-hour nap period where you're free uh-huh. to go nap if you want or do whatever and then we're going to meet up at the Knickerbocker and start bar hopping from like 8 to probably 2.
0: See what we did is there was we went to Dr. Grins cuz my buddy who
1: oh, that's a good idea. does
0: stand up. He stood up in my wedding my my old friend Dave Dyer. He stood up at my wedding and he happened to have a set that night at the Bop, so we took our wedding party. Nice. And we just packed out Dr. Grin's and saw three comics and one show.
1: That sounds great.
0: And we did have a downtime in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. I'm you know. gonna need a nap for sure.
0: Yeah. It's I a mean, blur. we're getting
1: married at like ten thirty AM, which is gonna be interesting. Kelly's not a morning person.
0: Oh well, great. But she will
1: be that day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just
0: keep her up. Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> no sleeping.
0: <laughs> no sleep. She's deliriously happy by 10.30. <laughs> Everyone's
1: going to think I, like, drugged her, <laughs> dragged her there.
0: Yeah, so you guys met. Okay, so then, mm. uh, but take me back, though, because I, you know, uh, we've established that I've, we've known each other cre- as creatives for a while. We've never, like, yeah, spent like much time together. I, five som- years, I I'd say. S- I sometimes annex you into my photo shoots when I need somebody <laughs> yes. like you whatever that is, cool blonde chick, basically. That's that's me. That's your profile. Tag me in. And I'll selfishly ask you to be a talent in a scene. And then other times we use WUSA when it was at the old location for video location shoots and things like that. So we've crossed creatively, usually because I need you in front of the camera for me. But I remember you telling me that you're from the east side Mm -hmm. of the state. So just reset that. How did you get to the west side from the east side?
1: So, grew up in Milford. Have you heard of Milford?
0: No. Where's Milford again? I've heard of it.
1: It's near Novi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then. Um,
0: Fantastic convention center there at Novi right off <laughs> yes, the highway. There really you is. You can see it.
1: Nice mall, too. It's got a
0: hotel attached Twelve to Oaks. Yeah. it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Love Novi.
1: <laughs> Hard to leave. Hard to leave. <laughs> um, but I wanted to be a nurse right off the bat, like graduating from high school. So I went to Saginaw Valley on a scholarship. Went on spring Wait, break. What
0: kind of scholarship? Um, like an academic scholarship? Yeah, academic
1: scholarship to go there. Really? Not full ride, but enough that it was like, yeah, I'm gonna go there. You're like, I can do this. Yeah, so I got I got accept I got the scholarship and then we went on our senior spring break. And while we were gone, we didn't realize I was supposed to accept that scholarship, like sign. Oh. So I like I didn't know this. I went to the school and the day I moved in, you're supposed to go sign like any of the loans that you were receiving <laughs> or your and it said zero dollars. And I was like what? Um, there's been a mistake here. They were like, no, you didn't accept that. We gave it to another student.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So I was off to a rocky start.
0: Gut punch.
1: Yeah. So I was there for a year. And then I realized... Full tuition? Uh, yeah. Paid paid the whole thing. It was great. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I realized like I would be an awful nurse because I can't even see like a cut without wanting to vomit.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I just get really lightheaded and... But yeah. the,
0: the romantic notion of helping and healing people is yes. what you were attracted to. I thought
1: it would be great. And yeah. you get to like yeah meet so many different people, lots of weird stories you'd have up yeah. your sleeve. In their um, worst
0: moments as a nurse, in their worst you get to moments. just constantly... <laughs>
1: just those vulnerabilities it's I was It's like craving. a wedding
0: photographer that's always with people on their most stressful day of their life. Right. So don't stress out whoever's shooting your wedding. By the way, Cobb.
1: All right, Leanne's... She's Leanne's, great. She's can, she can she, handle it. Yeah. She's great. So then, yeah, I transferred to Central um, Michigan University to join the Army. Army? Yep. That was like the next logical move for me in my head. I was like, I was so hung up on job security. And so like nursing, you're going to get a job. Army, you're going to get a job. My brother was doing ROTC at Central, so I moved there to join him. And then it was like the day I was supposed to meet with the officer, whoever it is, to sign the scholarship, because that would have been like full ride. Yeah. I backed out. I was like... I you backed know. out of the army? I backed out of doing ROTC. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think this is for... Like, I'm a pretty peaceful, like, <laughs> person.
0: <laughs> Put a weapon in your hand. Yeah, but, like, it's the hard thought, to imagine now, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is, yeah.
0: Like, you firing an M16.
1: No, I can't. My life You're would be totally different. Climbing under barbed different. wire and
0: stuff.
1: I'd be ripped, though.
0: You would be totally ripped. I'd be totally ripped.
1: Yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> 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 so then I was like, all right, if I'm, if I'm like, this scared... And then I'm going to join the army that I, I should just pursue, like, the thing that I've always loved, which is art. Right. So I studied art at Central for, like, uh, that year, a full year. And then I looked into, you know, pursuing it more seriously and transferred to Kendall. Okay. So that's what brought me so to So you Grand brought Up. over it's... to Kendall from Central. hmm yep.
0: And what were you always working... So what was your first... Because you work in carving and dye uh, transfers and yeah. painting and...
1: Yeah, so illustration. First, so
0: like what what was the first thing that was like this could be something for me? Um I mean the practice, like what
1: medium was it? Definitely woodcut. Like yeah. as soon as I carved, I was like this is this is it.
0: What is it about carving?
1: It's just so physical and you can't be anywhere else. You have yeah. to be fully present with it. And the mystery, like I'm such an impatient person. Like I want something done yesterday. Yeah. And you you have to slow down and enjoy that process. But then the instant gratification, as soon as you ink it, there it is. Yeah. But not knowing the whole time kind of, like, leaves me on the edge of my seat, I guess. You're right. It's just exciting.
0: Does that impatience cross over to your your business? Meaning, like, I always found, I'll relate it to me because I always found, and we're practically the same person that we found (laughs) out, is um, I'm still very impatient. Like... I started a podcast. I want like it to be
1: from here. Like the I want to best at it. And yeah, I want to work. Yeah.
0: I'm working so hard at it, and then just has been everything in my career has been that way. But also in a hurry to get to wherever. Yeah, you want to be creatively, professionally. Like, has that been for you too? Like, you've it's a oh, big yeah. swing. You've taken some massive risks in your business.
1: Yeah, and I've always like held myself up to this like unreachable. Like, I'll compare myself to these big brands that I look up to, like Patagonia. Yeah. And if I'm not on par with that, then I have fallen so short, you know? <laughs> but that it's that ridiculous just to even me. say? Like, yeah.
0: But you, you know that, but also at the same time, it's so part of who you are is driving you forward, but right. it's also sounds ridiculous and you know it is ridiculous. Yeah. Because you're Erica with Woosa. Right. It's gonna take a while to get to Patagonia. Yeah, right. You'll get there eventually. Who knows? But that's what I'm saying impatience. Like, yeah. it's like you have to do a lot of work. That's the other thing.
1: Yeah, and creatively, like, once you get good at one thing, like, I've, I think I've mastered woodcut. There's other things I could learn there, but I know I'm comfortable in that space. Yes. Um, but to learn a new craft, all of a sudden you feel like you're in college again and you're scared that you won't be good at it. Right. You're like, should I even put the time into it? I'm not that good. Yeah. But I look back at my first woodcuts and they're awful.
0: Yeah, of course. But I was
1: having so much fun that I didn't care.
0: Oh, I can't. It is more than te- 10 years ago. Like looking at, and I've been doing this 22 years. So anything past 10 years ago, I can't even look at. Yeah. And I, I spent twelve years making a living at photography. And if I see something fifteen years old, right, I want to cringe and crawl in a hole. Yeah.
1: but it also reminds you to like put your stuff out there, even if you don't think it's good. Thank you. You know. Thank Cause you. Because someone
0: else. How many people come to you? They come to me too, like students or aspiring photographers. And I'm like, go create and show people.
1: Yeah, it's it never too to late good.
0: to. It doesn't. It can be where you're at right now because yeah. that's who you are. Yep. But you never know what'll happen. If you don't share it or put yourself out there, right, you can't be successful in a vacuum,
1: yeah, yeah, you shouldn't wait till you're already really good to start sharing, yeah, yeah,
0: die cuts though, and just carving what I like in that I'm relating it to photography is that that is kind of like a negative, obviously,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's not like you do one painting and you sell it and then it's gone and you can't do anything with it. Like Woodcut has this like a negative. You can yeah. make as many theoretically as you can sell mm-hmm. or want to make. Yeah. Was that part of the process that appealed to you or was that like oh, for so, sure. f- so far back, really?
1: Yeah. In college, I knew that this is what I wanted to do when I graduated because I started WUSA while I was at Kendall. And I remember learning like intaglio, like copper etching, mm-hmm. and thinking to myself... If I want to continue to do this, then I'm going to have to have, like, an acid bath in a dark room and all of this stuff, like, to right. make this work. I don't think that's as feasible. If I do woodcut, then I just need this one press. Right. And I can, I can carve one thing and, you know, print 100 of them. Right. And that was definitely something that was, like, cool. I, I could see myself making a living doing it.
0: That's amazing to me because to merge, like, talent, that you're just talent as a carver. And apply it to, like, a business mindset. And maybe it wasn't quite so business, but it was more of a practical approach to art. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. for one, it's easier. I'm still creating and carving whatever I want as an artist. But then to be able to have this um, advantage of being able to replicate it over and over and over again. Yeah. As the paint, you know, every time you paint, it's like, that's gone
1: and over. I'm not, you know,
0: painting's great, but...
1: Yeah, and it's just gone.
0: The other thing, so I I don't know. <laughs> this is not a podcast of you telling me things about you and then me um, um, comparing myself to you.
1: You're like, that is also like photography well, in this way.
0: But what I'm interested in, why I say that, is because you started, um, and this is, goes way before you ever got to Grand Rapids, like I started an art gallery. It was just my own tiny little art gallery space. Mm-hmm. I only sold my own prints. That was unheard of in Grand Rapids. yeah. To have a standalone downtown Van Andel Arena had just gone in. I had 300 square is this feet.
1: A division or
0: it was on no, it was downtown at the Courtyard by Marriott.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: and the space isn't there anymore because they made it a conference space. But okay. The, the point is, is I started thinking about showing way too early. Like that work, you know. But it was more of a fine art sense. It's not the portrait and commercial work I do now. Yeah. But it was like night cityscapes of Grand Rapids, and I, that's yeah. what I was selling. But you started very early in your artistic career opening a retail storefront, mm-hmm. taking those risks, putting yourself out there as a brand and a person. And a lot of artists I've found, and maybe you can relate to this too, because we're you're extroverted, we're but you're also introverted. We are the same person. <laughs> but also just uh, the idea of um, uh, a lot of artists will not take the risk, and they also don't want to put themselves out mm-hmm. into the world, and they sort of wait to get kind of
1: discovered, discovered. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah now we're finishing each other's sentences <laughs> but but the, well, you talk to that from your perspective i mean it's kind of like on one hand it's absurd you just go, get out of calvin you started WUSA, this whole brand you're still in school mm-hmm. and then right after that you have a storefront on division
1: well yeah i guess being afraid of like i mean what we're talking about is really being afraid of what people are going to think right so at kendall i wouldn't even talk about WUSA. it was something i did after school yeah. which was funny because i was making art but not bringing it to art school with me. <laughs> and so my senior year i finally like brought those two worlds together, but i was so scared that what i was making after school wasn't going to be considered like fine art because right, i was having of so much of fun Kendall and it was or, yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't like always very conceptual or, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and then after that, it was like, screw it. I've, once you graduate and you have no backup plan, you're like, this is this is it. Like, I might as well give it all I have. Because
0: there's no jobs as carvers, you know, like really.
1: Yeah, you can be a screen printer. I mean, I could go work for another brand as like a graphic artist or something, but I just there, I just had this like insatiable pull, like to to follow this path and yeah. see where it was gonna take me
0: was the call to nature kind of the same always part of your life like growing up and getting out and taking time uh in in the wilderness kind intentionally
1: of, kind of i mean i grew up on a lake so water has always been like a huge part of my life me you too, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes tubing
0: tubing yep uh yeah water skiing yeah. whatever uh winter I was never time good at snowmobiling but i would yeah. try
1: and then my aunt and uncle, they bought a cottage the year I was born on Lake Michigan right next to the bridge, um Trails oh, wow. End Bay. Yeah. It's right by that dark sky park they put in up there. Yeah, yeah. So we'd go up there every summer and um bike, mountain bike and you know, sail, they have Hobie Cats and all that fun stuff. So yeah, there was that aspect of it, but like hiking and and being in nature and like being grounded by it and feeling relaxed didn't really happen till like Late high school, early college for me. Yeah, when you're kind of really looking for yourself, I think I could find myself there. I guess. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but then, uh, so what gets you from getting out of Kendall? How long was it after you graduated from Kendall that your storefront opened on Division? Eight months. That's insane.
1: I know, I'm insane. Yeah. Yeah, I've accepted. But that. look at you now. I was just telling Kelly, like everything that I've done, like every big step, Mm -hmm. I actually committed to it before it happened, if that makes sense. Like I bought a house, but before my offer was accepted and the bank even said yes, I got the keys and remodeled it. And I knew that if I didn't get it, I just remodeled this person's home for free. (laughs) But I got it. Right. (laughs) And like the storefront downtown, I signed the lease, but I didn't have any money for the build out. So I did a Kickstarter. Yeah. And like outside coffee, we bought the camper before the city ever said we could even operate a a food truck on that lot. Yeah. I think there's just something to like, I don't know, just going balls to the wall and and knowing in your gut like it's going to work out. Well, it's
0: about intentionality, which I think, you know, you can manifest things.
1: 100%. You know. Yeah.
0: Not always.
1: It sounds it's hard to talk about that because people just kind of roll your, their eyes. No, it's like, complete. Oh, sure, it's yeah.
0: complete. Like there's so much of that noise out there about self improvement, entrepreneurship. You can do it. Just yeah. do it. Create. Go. Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's um, it's so in manifesting your your vision, and you know these are all good practices to have, but I yeah. think. There's something, there's another gear that it requires of commitment that is fearless.
1: You have to take the risk. You can't just visualize it. Right. You have to do it.
0: I just want to cover the arc of WUSA because um, just your storefront now has become, and I'll get there in a second, is, um, so you're on Division for how long, Division Avenue?
1: Two and a half years.
0: How do you characterize that neighborhood, just bluntly? Like, it's a tough place to do business in a retail storefront.
1: Yeah. It felt like, uh, I don't know, the movers, makers, shakers, people trying to make stuff happen. That's where you would open a storefront and see if you had what it took to make it. But you're trying to make it in like a really tough neighborhood. So if you do make it, then you kind of feel like, all right, I think we could make it anywhere now. Yeah. Um, But it's a lot of artists, uh, musicians... There was a donut shop once upon a time. Oh, and the
0: <laughs> the, the, the ramen planet. place, yeah. too.
1: Oh, Bandit Queen? Yes. That was good. Oh, was so good, good ramen. I miss that place. Yeah. But,
0: but so, yeah, tough neighborhood. There's just a lot of things happening there. It isn't a place where a lot of uh, people feel comfortable parking their car and walking sometimes. Yeah. But if you're of the neighborhood, you know it's largely You okay. get used
1: to the riffraff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, it's just a regular day. Someone got hit by a car regular day. <laughs> no there are a
0: deal. lot of ambulances there. It's yeah. like, oh, well, someone, uh, it was payday. Uh, it's the first of the month and there's people that is uh, true. passing out and, and need they overdosed on drugs and they're going to go to the hospital
1: now. Yeah. That's something you'd consider. Like it's payday. <laughs> it's the first of the month. Like you get used to it.
0: Yeah. But you're there. How long were you there? In my mind, it's kind of a blur. Three years maybe?
1: Almost three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All
0: right. So then uh, when, when does the current property, so you're on Wealthy Street, this amazing corridor that's been revived the last 20 years, kind of started mm-hmm. with Art of the Table. Yeah. And uh, Wealthy Street Bakery was kind of the first catalyst to go into mm-hmm. that whole corridor. And the rehab of, further up, of Wealthy, of wealthy Theater. Yeah. Those were the three kind of linchpins, I think, to like start that corridor off 20 years ago. But how do you get sort of nosing around this icon, what has quickly become this iconic place for wootsa, but also outside coffee?
1: So I started looking for, I knew I wanted to be in like uptown somewhere because I wanted to be in a neighborhood that was walkable and felt like it had a really closely knit community Mm -hmm. because community is really big for, um, both of our brands, Wusa and Outside Coffee. Um, and I had that in mind when we were moving. I wanted a space that we could have a coffee shop in. So the first space that I found and fell in love with was um, Cherry Street, the uh, gallery. Rich App? Richard App, yeah. yeah. I'll Can't cut that part out. Yeah.
0: Actually, Rich needs the humility right now. I'll leave it
1: in. I should know.
0: <laughs> so I'll Rich just start App, over. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> fine. He'll be fine.
1: No. (laughs) So the first building that I fell in love with was the Richard App Gallery on uh, Cherry Street.
0: Perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't Rich iconic in town? Isn't he amazing? I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, Rich is great. He's a friend of mine. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that was was another, you know, there weren't that was a very, uh, a destination for collecting all kinds of different art.
1: Yeah. And it had like the two doors and the two spaces and I could just like visualize our store in the coffee shop and Cherry Street was great. And so we were like, we were meeting with, um, the guy who had just bought it, Charlie Secchia, like mm-hmm. to, um, negotiate a lease and stuff. And so I was feeling like this is it, this is where we're going to move. Like I started to like really invest my energy into that space, like thinking about it and, and then it fell through. And so, I've, I've learned when that shit happens to just be like, well, there's something better coming. I just don't know it yet.
0: How do you do that when you're already emotionally, like already involved in the space and you're like thinking about all your things going in this place and then all of a sudden, then, where's the practicality of like shutting that off and going, oh, you're lost?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I've seen it happen in my life enough. Like there's a pattern that's developed that I'm like, okay. You know, like I almost joined the army. That fell through. Something better happened, you know? And then my storefront on division, I almost signed a different space, and then something better came. So I just think it's better to, like, choose to believe in that and hope for the best than to, like, dwell in that negativity of, like, I lost my dream space.
0: Yeah, or just chasing something too far that has this receding sort of, like you can't overextend yourself to get something if it doesn't want you back. Exactly.
1: Not to get all, you know, voodoo with it, but, like, if you were meant to have it, it would be yours. Right. And it wasn't, it didn't work out. And so then we kept looking for spaces, and Wealthy at Charles was for sale, but, like, on the down low. There was no sign out or anything. It was just on, like, the, you know, commercial properties for sale website. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went and toured it, and I remember feeling like this is, like, Too much, too good to be true. There's no way it's going to happen, and it ended up happening and working out for us. So,
0: well, it's an incredible building, and it had a previous business owners in there that did a great job at Wealthy at Charles and creating this unique place. So it was already known as this um, a a very unique but well-run, greatly curated retail space. But yeah, entirely different
1: staple for sure.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, and now it's become WUSA, but it's like, it, at least it was already sort of like, there had been a retail path, a yeah. successful one for many years um, there, but you've transformed the space and the exterior so much
1: yeah.
0: that it's really become... Um, will you break down the vision of WUSA into that space and how you incorporate the wilderness? In and I mean, that's the genius of your spaces, and it was... Evident in the division space, but mm-hmm. where you are now on Wealthy Street is off the ch- like. I'm blown away by your merchandising. Oh, thank
1: you. However,
0: you, just your art, of course, it all starts there.
1: Yeah, and
0: how it flows to outside coffee. Yeah, and that experience and placemaking that you've made is really incredible.
1: I think that's probably my favorite thing to do is to create an experience and like a feeling in a space. And that space, I was nervous to move there because division was like warm with all those bricks and like the old original exposed wooden beams and those cool industrial lights, like everything in that space just felt like rugged and outdoorsy. And then I was moving to wealthy street where it's all drywall and you know, the, the beams were painted like shimmer silver. Cause it was like a high end furniture store. Right. So I was like, how do we warm this up? I think one of the biggest things was um, we bought Joyce from an old barn and hung them on the ceiling to make it look like you were looking up at the exposed um, ceiling in, in like an old building. Mm-hmm. And that really warmed it up. And then using a ton, it's all reclaimed barn wood on the walls and the hardwood floors and all the fixtures are built by my friends in yeah. town. I think all of that comes together to make it feel unique and special, I hope.
0: Oh no, it definitely does, and I have to say, you know, for the record, all three of my daughters are such huge fans of Wusa and Hannah, my oldest at Michigan. Her laptop is full of Wusa stickers, and That's awesome. she buys all, you know, she when she's home and for Christmas too. Um, you know, they all love it, but there's some draw to it that is crossing a lot of cool lines because. Uh, your customer base seems super diverse
1: yeah ages
0: suburbanites cool city artist people yeah like that sort of magic sauce that you have as WUSA. that idea about the environment can you just explain i mean everyone asks what's the elevator pitch of what WUSA is just for the record
1: so the word WUSA itself is a meditative word that helps you relax when you say it out loud and back when I was going to Kendall, I used to make art after school to relax. And so I would sign that body of work WUSA, because for me it represented you know, feeling grounded and in the same way that nature makes me feel. So nature is definitely my inspiration behind my artwork, but I'm also inspired by other things that make you feel grounded. And I think we also represent community and bringing people together to connect in a way that feels you know, like you're, you're, you belong right when you walk in the doors. And We aim for that outside yeah. coffee too.
0: No, for sure. And then, but that seemed to have, that surprised me, that sort of pivot to coffee. I remember you saying something about, I think we might have a coffee shop. Yeah. Well, it's different than like having a, it's different than just operating a coffee shop. Yeah. Now you're branded outside coffee. You have roasts there. You, you know, you have these amazing uh, exterior that people sit in the wintertime and the ig- yeah. ig- igloos and stay warm and- It's crazy. 12 months of the year. Yeah. But where did outside coffee come from?
1: It came from that day that I was um, touring the building. I was standing in the garden, and it all just like clicked. I just had a moment where it was like, "This is it." This so is the you space. never wanted to
0: operate necessarily a coffee shop. I hadn't. That wasn't on your radar.
1: I did. So I wanted our next space to have a coffee shop in it because I wanted to give our customers a space to connect that didn't like revolve around buying things.
0: Yeah, you could linger. Right? And coffee yeah. is that
1: like, hey, let's meet for a cup of coffee. Um, but it was never supposed to be outside until I was standing in that garden. And I was like, yeah, WUSA can fit in the building, but what about the coffee shop? And then it all just clicked. And it was like, oh, we'll buy a camper, convert it and park it out here and this will be the coffee shop.
0: Well, the brilliance in Michigan is that it can be operated 12 months of the year. And if you have an outdoor space back to Sovngarde, like, they don't have much to do with their winter, it's not a winter garden, their beer garden, you know. They did
1: just put some cool, like, yurt-looking tents up out there, though. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. I don't get out
0: much. (laughs) As you can tell.
1: (laughs) They, like, Um, just did it this week.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for being Like,
1: I think last, like, (laughs) an hour ago? Yeah, Yeah. thanks.
0: I didn't get the push (laughs) notification. I'm on their email list. (laughs) No, uh, but, so that's what I've admired not just your work and how you connect you take people and connect them to nature through your work and your imagery and your carving and your paintings and other sort of designs that you're making but you're creating this larger experience but also um, just how every step of the way has been so interesting to me to sort of just watch and I we don't talk about any of this stuff really ever just small talk you know like when I see you but Mm -hmm. I'm like curious what's going on but that's what I've been so amazed to see your growth and um and then what is next and I remember that a couple years ago you were talking about you were going to some trade shows or something right like to uh, to connect that dot for me and where's that at
1: I was supposed to go to a trade show out in um LA, I think, called Agenda. It's like a big trade show for uh, clothing brands, but it didn't work out, and I'm happy it didn't because I wasn't ready yet. I was trying to like be somewhere that I wasn't yet. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be bigger than we were and be carried in all of these stores across the nation. I thought that that would be like the next thing to get me to where I wanted to be, um, but then I realized like it was just having a, a different location, something that I could express myself creatively in that way, like designing the space and having outside coffee and, mm-hmm. and doing that. So I put wholesale on hold. Um, but it's been on the back of my brain ever since. And now we're, we're kind of dabbling in that again.
0: Well, that would be one natural thing, unless, you know, you only you have a few options, although you continue to surprise me in my mind, knowing just in my little tiny turtle brain, like I don't have... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, logically for me, you could either open more locations, yeah. like on a retail, scale retail that's like, with coffee, that's part, and then you can just scale your merch. Mm-hmm. So those are two tangents of growth,
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, and you might be very happy to just be doing what you're doing now, and there'd be nothing wrong with that, with that scale and all that, but I'm sensing that's probably... No.
1: You're not going to do that for
0: 50 years and then die?
1: No, I can't. Like, I don't know why I'm this way, but like, Kelly will stop me often and be like, babe, can we just take the year? No more businesses, no more big projects. I'm like, I hear you. Yes. And then the next day I'll be like, we're opening a wine bar. It's called this. You know, like, I just, I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. So, yeah, opening more locations with coffee shop attached, new experience, different brand. Same concept in different cities is my goal. Like I would love Why to do that. Why a different
0: that. brand?
1: Uh, because I have a new idea for a coffee shop that I'm so stoked on. Okay. And I think outside coffee was unique and it was this one thing that wasn't really supposed to happen and it did and it worked out and mm-hmm. I'm ready to try something new. I wouldn't want to replicate that again. It's really? Not in Michigan. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of work to make that work.
0: It's less work than than starting a whole new brand of um, outside coffee.
1: If you're having a blast is it work?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it has an established like go through. So it, it even, it'd be new to that community. I'm not arguing with you. It would it's your be. business. No, I'm I mean, just saying yeah.
1: You're right, but I've got the name and, and the logo and everything. All right. In my head already well, now you're so done. Like, you're- it's done.
0: Going with your past of buying a house and remodeling it <laughs> yeah. before you own it. It's yes. like, well, I have this logo and trademark, so yeah, I guess I got to start it now. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: All right. Well, where's this drive coming from, this entrepreneurial drive? And do you even really, do you separate that, like the business side of it, is it? Do you think of it as businesses or just creative efforts?
1: Ooh, I would like to think of them as creative efforts, but a lot of time they feel like businesses. Well, because you know.
0: they're because they are they're hinged to money in some kind yeah yes
1: yeah yeah but for me when i start them it feels like a creative outlet like this is going to be really fun Mm -mm. and you forget in that moment how hard it is when for i do at least until you're in the middle of it again and you're like oh my god why why yeah you know like just licensing with the city and and doing all of those logistical things just suck the life out of me if i could just focus on the branding and the vibe and what's it going to look like and feel like and all of that I would yeah I'd never stop doing it
0: well that's one thing if you can just have other people execute your your curation and vision for spaces and you're not bogged down into the garbage of you know
1: day-to-day yeah
0: inspections yeah or just whatever you know (laughs) That is, and also too, you know, when you're this small and you start, everything starts small, you have to do everything yourself oh, and yeah. then it's like, did I get into this for this reason?
1: Yeah, you'll be doing something. Did I go and to like, Kendall
0: to like, you know, worry about wiring on my house, uh, in the place and whether it's like up to code?
1: 3am and I'm in our mop closet um, defrosting our hose to the truck with Kelly and we just look at each other like, <laughs> Why do we this do is this? it. This is our life. This is business. Ownership. This is entrepreneurship.
0: Man. All right. So we've established that you're moving forward with us in the next ideas.
1: Yeah. But not this year. Kelly won. Getting getting married. Getting married this year. That's going to be.
0: Do you have plans for where you're going to go yet after like honeymoon or anything?
1: No, we just started thinking about it. I want to be somewhere that we can relax and like look at, you know, get that beautiful ocean view, but then also drive to some pretty epic trails and mountains. So, I that's have a spot
0: for you if you want to be mini Brian. Where? Santorini, Greece.
1: I've been looking at Greece.
0: Dude, come on. <laughs> Santorini's great cuz yeah. we honeymooned there and we decided not to do a million islands and like move every 3 days. Mm-hmm. We're just like, I don't know, it was 8 or 9 days and we just unplugged, stayed in this little the edge of the volcano that collapsed and Westerly views and it was awesome. Cool. But you could hike There's beaches. There's, you know, you could rent a car and get around. It's a small island, but there was stuff to do.
1: Was the food good? Food's great. Yeah, I told Cal, I was like, we should just think of what kind of food we'd want to eat for like two weeks and go there. (laughs)
0: That's a good place to start.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like Greece, Italy.
0: Yeah, everything's great. I mean, the seafood's amazing. The best meal I ever had, because of the location, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was there's this little tiny fishing village, old... On the island of Santorini, it's called Ia. It's O-I-A. Okay. And it has this tiny little fishing harbor. And it has, like, a little terrace with a couple different, like, taverns and cafes. And outside plaza, you sit at this table. Waiter comes up, gives you a menu. And so I like calamari a lot. So I see grilled calamari. I'm like, oh, I got to try this. And I actually, that's a standing thing for me. It's a dumb thing. But if I see calamari on a menu, gotta I'm going to order it. Yep. Even if it's in a sketch place, I'll try it. Yeah. And um, it's more like a, a dumb, self-imposed rule. But it's more like a dare no and a challenge to myself. It's yeah. calamari. Eventually, I'm going to get burned by that. But...
1: It hasn't happened yet?
0: No. Wow. I mean, there's been varying levels of, like, this is not very good. But I'm not yeah. going to die.
1: Have you ever been like, is this calamari? <laughs>
0: Yes, it has. Um, So I order the calamari. Literally, the guy, the waiter goes, okay. He goes over to a boat that was 10 feet away, or not 10, 10 yards away, because we're right by the edge of the harbor. Pulls up this cage that has literally nothing but squid in it, and he pulls out this big calamari and it's like flapping while he picks it out. And he showed it to me and he goes, "Yeah, this is your dinner." He went and grilled wow. it up, and it was so good. And it was more like it wasn't fishy or chewy. It yeah. was more like a because a, it was grilled. It was more like a meat.
1: That's a that's a cool concept. Sorry, I'm going I'm going somewhere else with it. I'm just thinking. You're just like, starting
0: another business <laughs> in your brain.
1: No, I was just a thinking like business? if someone were to show you, you know, like a cow like this is gonna be it would you be like i'll go with the veggie burger like because i'm i try to be vegan but i eat fish no problem yeah and i don't know what it is about fish then i'm like yes i will like chop that up and eat that sure
0: pescatarian
1: yeah i don't know sorry i went left field with that
0: well i mean it's different if it's like here's your chicken his name is fred and then (laughs) then you have to put it up you know
1: yeah it's wild i don't know kelly wants chickens Kelly wants chickens. She wants chickens and goats and a farm, like a whole the whole thing one day.
0: Is this all of this visioning that's happening? Is it kind of Michigan-based, or are you guys thinking about other parts of the world and country I would, to live in?
1: I love Washington.
0: Yeah. We've been there much. I've been to Seattle a few times, and I like the Olympia. I like that whole area. Yeah,
1: it's epic. Like Just the landscape out there, I love it. It's so lush and green and the water and the mountains. It's, it's got everything except for our family and friends.
0: Well, you can make new friends.
1: Yeah, I know, but we probably won't move there. Let's be real. You know, we're going to have well, kids in the next couple years and our family's here. I feel like it, it could be more realistic to have like a little cabin out there that we go to or something. For real? Yeah, well, or if we opened a store out there, that's a good excuse to go. Now you can write off your trips. There you go.
0: So you mentioned flashpoints of it like over the years where you're, what, what am I doing? Why, what could I possibly have thought that this was a good idea? There have been points, low points like that, right? Overwhelmed?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This summer was really tough for me. I've, I think I was burnout out for the first time ever. Yeah. Like, truly burnout. out. Have you ever gotten to that point?
0: I've been frustrated. Uh, that's a great question. Burnout.
1: I've definitely felt it before, but this was like I had to pause and take some time yeah. to like not work.
0: I've never at been all. in a position where I could just completely unplug and go, you know what, just for the sake of my own business creative health, to like say I can't work for the next six weeks 'cause it's I gotta focus yeah. on something not that. I've never I've never thought about that. Yeah. Cause it just seemed like that would never be possible. Yeah, but um, but I think there's times I've been super burnt out.
1: Yeah, it was... I
0: have to. I feel like I'm phoning stuff in, or it isn't the type of work. <clears throat> Sometimes there's work I do, and there's work I love to do, mm-hmm. and so merging those in the context of being still creative is very satisfying to me, even if it isn't the most exciting project or creative project i'm still grateful to have those opportunities and so mm-hmm. i sort of try to focus on that gratitude versus like oh man
1: yeah i should be doing something else yeah i don't, I don't know. know i can't describe it it was just like the so stress what did you do
0: so you're this summer why particularly this summer and not getting in the weeds about it but like yeah it, to me that would be a strange time to just observing because things are yeah, but- on a great trajectory
1: they were. I tore my Achilles tendon. That's right. In March.
0: I invited you to do the podcast earlier, and you're like, "Um, well, I got this problem. Yeah.
1: It sucked. I mean, that in itself was really hard because like, I love to hike, work yeah. out, be active, and you can't... It was... We remodeled outside coffee. We sold our camper, bought the truck, wrapped it, did new branding, dug out all the rocks, replaced the rocks, put in gas lines, did fire pits we liked it was just like a a marathon we did all that in a week we closed for one week and so after all that was over and i was still you know my achilles was torn i was just feeling like really lost like i I guess i found a lot of purpose or identified a lot with being active yeah and not being able to do that anymore was really hard
0: yeah you realize what you can't do in a hurry like or what you showering you're like (laughs) let
1: me take an hour just to get in here about. I have so much empathy now for anybody who has any sort of disability. It's yeah. like when you can finally put yourself in those shoes and realize what it's like. Yeah, especially mo- just mobility issues. You just yes. take it for granted. Yes. Like- and I feel like that was the big lesson. Of course, I found like a, why did I tear my Achilles? I thought it was like the universe showing me that I need to slow the hell down and right. that the world's not going to fall apart if I slow down. I always thought if I don't keep working at the speed of light and taking on every opportunity that comes my way, that like everything would crumble beneath me or something and slowing down showed me that like nothing bad came from it. Yeah. Uh, I ended up just getting some good rest and coming back feeling refreshed, but it did take me, you know, three months to finally say, all right, fine, you win. (laughs) I'll stop for a little bit. Right.
0: Will you talk a little bit about just the Wealthy Street Corridor and that growth and like what that means for Grand Rapids
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: how businesses now are sort of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of business success there along that corridor. It's not guaranteed, but what's your take on just that corridor and why it's so attractive to people now?
1: I think it works because it's literally mixed in with the neighborhood. Like, there's houses in between businesses in some instances. And so it's really walkable. It's accessible. It's friendly. And all of the businesses in that area are locally owned. There's nothing, like, big and commercial. So it feels like a pretty good representation of Grand Rapids culture and, like, who we are, I guess. Um, I think there's always danger of something being, like, gentrified and, and people being pushed out that have been there way longer. And, I mean, I think that's a double-edged sword, you know? Growth is good, but it's also bad in other ways. And we've, we've been, I don't, I'm always like thrown off when people who don't know me or WUSA, like the people behind it will say that we're gentrifying the neighborhood. And I don't feel that we are. Uh, if anything, we're trying to do the opposite and we're not like really wealthy people coming in and, and buying up properties. So I think, I don't know, I think the image of it is fragile. You know what I mean? Well, I think
0: you're taking a mainstream concern that people... There is things happening that are gentrification and and a problem. And it's part of our consciousness. Now, whether people should point their finger at you guys, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, you're also lgdpbtq like owned businesses two young lesbians yeah.
1: busting our ass to like make these businesses work yeah but on the outside you know when you drive by you see what you want to see right. from this corridor and you know, i think it is important to make sure that the rent is accessible and and yeah. approachable and coming from division to wealthy street two very different yeah
0: and I'm and not, I'm not discounting. There there has been justification gentrification and displacement of some kind along that quarters. There's always an expense. There's always another side right. to the coin. There's when there's reinvigoration and capital investment it means that something else, you know, it filled some vacuum that was there before. So, um, I didn't mean to get into anything controversial and I don't oh, even no, know I that. that, that ca- ca- <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's good for you to and being in the arts, like put that out there. It's not like you have a liquor license and a, a license right. to print money. Yeah, like you're surviving like what you carve, what you paint, yeah, and what you can sell to people that say, "I want to take this sticker and put it on my laptop. I want to use your uh, thermos mug. Yeah, I want to hang your art on my wall. Mm-hmm. Like that's an amazing thing to be successful in that these things come out of your hands in your mind and your eyes and then people are taking them
1: and wearing them. Yeah, it's wild. Isn't that crazy? It blows my mind. Like I can't have a bad day when I'm driving around and past someone wearing a Wusa hat or a right. shirt. I'm like, screw me. Why what do I have to be mad about? You know? It's just the coolest feeling.
0: But it's a rare error when you can get people to buy things that they don't need. No one need, you know, we yeah, can all buy we all have shirts. T-shirts. Yeah, we yeah. can buy them cheaper. We yeah. can buy them, you know, hats, whatever. But when they co-sign and co-align themselves with what they think your brand is mm-hmm. and who you are as an artist, that has to be the ultimate satisfaction, I would imagine. Yeah. Besides that and being able to be profitable at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Those two things are pretty great. <laughs>
0: I mean, I used to live in your neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, along the Wealthy Street corridor, and I haven't lived there for 10 or 12 years now, but I lived right on Charles, and where your building is, is named. we used to be called um, Wealthy at Charles because it was on Wealthy and Charles Street.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Charles is actually your other street, right? So yeah. You're on, so you're bordered by Wealthy and Charles, obviously, and I lived yep. on Charles just a block north of you. Same person. Same person, same place. Yeah. Again... I don't know. What it means is that, um, but I was there when the neighborhood wasn't that great. There wasn't walkable opportunities on Wealthy Street. You had Art of the Table and you had um, Wealthy Street Bakery and that was it. And it mm-hmm. was kind of like some odd little bar here and there and some kind of misfit little legal services. Like there, was, there wasn't there was much there at all. Yeah. It had been mostly.
1: Wasn't there an upholstery shop where we currently are before Wealthy at Charles?
0: I'm trying to remember. I think you're right.
1: For a little bit, I think there was. But yeah, yeah the history up- is... Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: And, but to see the growth of it now, I mean, I think it's... Um, I would like to see more minority-owned businesses along that corridor, mm-hmm. but Paul Lee's doing amazing things. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's what you make of it. And right. I don't think that corridor, I think of more than many corridors in the city I think has been in, intentional in terms of its business growth and yeah people can't come in unless there's opportunity and you find your own opportunity but right on. anyway yeah. um it's been great to to watch and sometimes I'm jealous I still don't live in that neighborhood do you miss it I do I miss the neighborhood I miss that community vibe. I don't have yeah. like I still live in an old neighborhood now. Yeah. But I'm not walkable to the bakery. Or I'm not walkable right. to outside coffee. I could have walked one block to your place. Yeah. You know, and had my morning coffee there, and then gone and had some amazing tacos. And yeah. it's all about food right now for me, as you can tell.
1: <laughs> I lived in Alder Heights for a year when I I had bought that house before moving to the building, uh-huh. and I felt so far away from downtown it was four miles and I felt like I was so disconnected yeah and then now I live above the shop so we're like literally on top of wealthy street every day and I find myself not so much now but the first two years it's been just over two years being like oh man I want to live in the woods like wanting the opposite right and then
0: I think it's hard if you live over your business though it
1: was very hard yeah like just now I'm finally feeling like this is my home and I can relax here but I uh, would over
0: your business. Yeah, yeah.
1: I would feel like a lot of guilt to if I was not working all the time. Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, I think it's because we're buying the building that I feel like okay, this is my home. It's not going anywhere. Like yeah. I can relax here.
0: Well, you also seem to have some. Good staff that you rely on too because it oh, seems yeah. to be run really well and I don't know her name, but there was someone who helped us when we were there just around Christmas time
1: Sarah's our manager in the shop she was and probably she's, that
0: person but she's she was tall great. and
1: uh, has brown hair yeah
0: that was her yeah. and um, I happened to be with my youngest daughter Faith and we went in and she was just great with her and just like the whole vibe there was awesome but that helps you relax even if you're living upstairs. You know, like your yeah. brand is being taken care of, but you still have to trust people Yeah. to like, cause if they have a bad impression or if your retail, you know, if your manager's a little snippy at people, it's like, well, that's not Woosa, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's not my brand.
1: Right. We hired Sarah like two weeks after I, or two weeks before I tore my Achilles. It was like just in time. Wow. Cause I used to run the shop every day. And so we hired her and I tore it and it was like, I can't run the shop. Like I'm not going to be down here. And ever since then I haven't been in the shop. It just runs. Yeah. And I don't think that I would have taken that leap of faith so quick if I hadn't, you know, torn my Achilles and been like, all right, I'm I'm out of here. It's
0: showing you that other people can you know swipe cards and take transactions and host things and now you can just work and
1: and Sarah is super talented she's a she was the visual merchandiser at West Elm and North Face so we lucked out to snag her she's she's been like awesome to have
0: well the merch and just how everything's explained merch sounds cheap but like how you've curated that space is off the charts it's people feel so you should be very very proud of it just from the standpoint of you know seeing a lot of different places come and go, but that definitely feels like a place that people want to... Because I feel that way when I go there.
1: Thanks.
0: You know? All right, that's enough. <laughs> me pumping your...
1: Yeah, pumping tooting my horn.
0: Tooting the horn.
1: Tooting the horn. You're gassing me up.
0: <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming in. I feel yeah. like I like. there's a million things that we could talk about, but I, I think there's a part two coming maybe next year when I'm I dumb. want another update because... Things moving too quick. I, um, I
1: know. Hopefully I don't tear my other Achilles. It's like my worst too. fear now.
0: What if you tear the same one again?
1: You can do that too. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a full year recovery and I, I'm coming up on 10 months, so I'm, I'm almost there.
0: What's part of that process? Just like a bunch of rehab and pain?
1: Uh, it's not painful anymore. No. But like I can't do like pickup basketball yet. I can't do any quick like side to side. I tore yeah. it playing pickleball, by the way.
0: Pickleball, well, that's cool. Is it? Yeah. Really? I like pickleball. Okay. It is an old person's game. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, there's two things I like. I like racquetball, mm-hmm. I like watching tennis, and I love playing table tennis. Yeah. So it's kind of like all three of those. Yes.
1: It's so much fun.
0: Yeah, pickleball looks like a love blast.
1: I love pickleball. I can't play pickleball yet. So. Well,
0: when you're it's almost ready to start back, let me know, because I do want to play it sometime. Okay. Um,
1: I'm going to hit you up.
0: No, I, I'm serious. I would go and do it in a heartbeat because okay. it looks like a lot of fun.
1: There's this place um, off Plainfield called GR Racket and Sport, I think. Yeah. They have social pickleball yeah. leagues. That I went there for my first time not knowing it was social pickleball night. Within five minutes playing is when it snapped and I went down. No. So I haven't been back since, so I want to go back and let them know because they all said that I didn't tear it because I wasn't crying. But I'm a tough cookie. Wow. Yeah, so I want to let them know.
0: So that you did tear it you're like that see i'm gonna
1: show my scar yeah yeah i right, cried so as soon as i got in the car
0: i'll be by <laughs> to buy coffee and more stickers for my laptop and cool. probably hats for my girls and uh, maybe i'll start journaling
1: there you go i'm gonna make some journals soon so okay yep i'll hook you up thanks man thanks I'm for coming in
0: yeah i'm really really happy for your success though like I have to say just for the record of uh, the risk of being awkward. I love that we give each other shit, but like you are somebody I really admire in the community. Your drive, your art I love and also just see you successful as an entrepreneur. Like it makes me feel good Thank that you are having this sort of ride and it's all through your you know, through your own vision and your own drive and your own um talent it's rare to have that and yeah. i think it's the Grand rapids can do i hope you stay a long long time
1: thank you thanks for saying that
0: all right
1: right back at i you. feel like a
0: dad now sorry all right no
1: that was so sweet all right good yeah
0: pickleball we're doing it
1: yeah we're gonna do that thanks erica yeah thanks for having me
0: yeah. well that was a fun conversation for sure i just love erica As I said there at the end, I sort of felt like a dad, but um, we have so many things in common just as uh, early on when I was about her age, you know, merging your artistic career with a business career, and it ain't easy, folks, and uh, to see Erica doing so well is... uh, Amazing! Check out Woosa Outfitters on Wealthy Street, or you can go to Woosa Outfitters' website, which I have links to on Erica's episode page. Really cool apparel. Great artwork. Um, So it doesn't matter where you live in the country or the world, you might want to get some of that Woosa into your life. All right? Also check out uh, Erica's uh, dedicated episode page and all our past episodes at fullexposurepodcast.com. All right. I hope you have a great week, everybody. Go get it. This Full Exposure Podcast episode has been made possible through the support of Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, who believe that creativity and the arts are essential to a rich, healthy, and fulfilling life.